You're listening to the Caged In Podcast, you bullshit artist. So many of you recently may have seen on my social channels, but I reached out. I saw a photo of a man on stage with Nicolas Cage. And I just knew instantly I had to speak to that man. Not only is he standing beside the man, but he had a tattoo of the man in a film that I imagine he had not even seen. This is a man with balls, my, my, my friends. And that man is sat in front of me via the wonders of Zoom. And that man is Jason Zenowick. How are you, Jason? I am great. How are you, sir? I'm very well. It's, it's very surreal to be speaking to you. It feels like this is the kind of thing that I've always thought the podcast should be, is to not just speak to the people who are involved with Nicolas Cage in like the kind of in front of or behind the camera, but those who are like me, who, <laughs> who, who will go to these great lengths, whether it is, in my case, dedicating at this point, hundreds of hours. I can't remember the last time I haven't Googled or, or typed the words Nicolas Cage. I can't remember when that last day was. And yeah, to speak to somebody who's, who's taken that kind of, I guess some would call it drastic, I call it honourable uh, thing of getting, getting the man's uh, face tattooed on him. So, um, I, I don't know, we, we, we'll hold off on, on why the tattoo, we'll, we'll dangle that as a carrot to keep the listeners listening, but... I've, famous tattoo, it seems to be making yeah. its rounds. <laughs> how, yeah, and how it, does that feel, that it's kind of, you've kind of become this internet it's, it's sensation? It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, we talked um, before this a little bit, and we were mentioning the fact that I, I don't have social media. Um, so all the photos, like, from Universal... Um, that were taken and posted online, all of that kind of stuff I had to learn um, and see from my wife's social media. She, so she's kind of like on the trip, kind of, you know, keeping me up with everything. Look what was just posted. They posted this here. Someone commented on this. So I was kind of living through her social media. Um, and it's also kind of strange too, because it's almost um, a week now since this happened. I mean, it happened you know, last Thursday. So it's almost like a week to the day that we're doing this. And it's been pretty crazy. People have been making, you know, um, I, if you look up some of the reviews on YouTube, um, and I'll, I'll share one of the, the reviewers that we met there, uh, maybe later in the discussion here, but um, we sat next to a couple ladies um, who actually filmed everything in the Q&A. So I've been popping up on people's videos <laughs> on YouTube who had filmed the Q&A. I've been popping up on social medias. Um, so it's pretty awesome. And it was kind of like my little slice of, uh, you know, 10 seconds of fame, I guess. Ooh. And then you reached out for the for this, which was which was really cool. It's been it's been a I mean, that experience alone, meeting him and going through all that was was one thing. But then it's like still, it's like the afterburn. I'm still experiencing it, which is yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess very much so. And it's kind of, I can only, I can only imagine. Like, I don't know. I guess the closest I've ever, ever come to like that kind of feeling is a tweet going semi-viral. And like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just posted this dumb thing, and then like for like a week afterwards, it's like, 
the notifications keep coming in and like i can only imagine that kind of amped up to 11 like in your case where it's like i i did this amazing i got to do this amazing thing and meet meet i guess yeah like so i guess i've got to ask you jason are you how, how much of a nick cage fan are you or is, is that a silly question to ask given you've got a tattoo of him a uh, big fan, um, obviously, with the tattoo and everything. Um, we were kind of talking about this, my wife and I, you know, just kind of thinking about what might come up in your your podcast here. And we we're just thinking about, you know, like, you know, what was the first movie I seen or just, you know, just things of that nature. And I'm thinking back, I'm like, you know, I he's always kind of been in the background and we've just, I mean, he's been making movies longer than I've been alive. I was born in <laughs> I was born in 84. So, I mean, he's been starring movies before then. And it's like, he's always kind of been in the background and it's like every year, you know, you see so many movies and he's always, he's always been there. It's always been two or three things that we see yeah. every year. So yeah, big fan. Amazing. So what, yeah, what would have been the first Nicolas Cage film that like you, you can remember seeing that made an impact on you? Um, I mean, I just remember, you know, when I was little, it was always the parents who had the the last say in what movies we go see <laughs> or rent or whatever from the video store. I feel like I'm a hundred years old saying renting stuff from the video store. Um, but you know, when I was younger, it was the, the con airs and the face offs. And then I had mentioned it's, he's kind of like always been there kind of like in the background. Um, I took a film class one year in college and we watched adaptation. Amazing. Um, I remember seeing, yeah, that was an awesome assignment, obviously. Um, I remember uh, having such a night we were at home. Um, the family rented uh, Weatherman, and we were all sitting around. Till this day, we still joke about the the camel toe scene. <laughs> My wife is very particular about what clothes she buys or doesn't <laughs> buy because of that scene. Um, you know, and, and you just like, you kind of just grow up within there. And so you're seeing those movies, you're getting older. And then now I'm, you know, 38 going on 39 and I'm sharing these experiences with my wife and, you know, we've seen the crudes at the show and spider verse and now Renfield, um, a couple of weeks early before it came out. And so I don't remember what the first movie was, but he's kind of like, he's just always been there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here, here's, a, here's a fun thing for you too. I'm uh, talking about always um, being there in the background somewhere. Um, I'm a teacher. I teach eighth grade chemistry and physics. And um, one of my uh, units in chemistry, we do a whole unit on chemical reactions. Amazing. And we, um, one of my lessons, we actually make invisible ink um, in the class and we get to trade notes and stuff. Um, in class, the, the students write out a message to their spy partners and um, they trade notes and then they use their um, resolving agent to show the message. <laughs> and so I wanted to find something to kind of get the, the lesson going and, and get everybody excited about um, what we were doing in the lab. And I, I was looking for some sort of video clip and immediately thought, I've got to show National Treasure. They're using the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> They're revealing that invisible ink with the Amazing. lemon juice and the hair dryer. And so I'm going on my 13th year teaching. And so literally thousands of kids have <laughs> now seen that clip from National Treasure from a movie that was made before they were even born. 
And it was just one of those things. He's like, just in, you know, he's just part of your movie experience mm -hmm. because I didn't even think twice. It was like, what can I show for this? And I'm like, national treasure. Amazing. <laughs> I, so, I guess you can answer the question then. Like scientifically, does the lemon juice in a hairdryer, would that, would that reveal the ink or the message on the back of that? that yeah. So um, what that does actually is the, um, the fibers of the paper, mm -hmm. By using that, it damages the paper fibers and well, it actually, it makes them smaller or shorter where the ink is. Amazing. And then, so when you supply that heat source over it, the shorter fibers burn faster than the rest of the page. And that's what you're looking at that part, actually burning those fibers. You have to be careful because otherwise you could actually burn the whole document. <laughs> oh, so we do a variation of the chemical reaction. We actually do, um, um, an acid base reaction with grape juice and, and um, baking soda. But yeah, that's, you know, I mean, there's some science in there and, and they got it right. So that was pretty cool to see. Amazing. Amazing. It's, it's, it's glad, it's glad to see that a Nicholas Cage film is educating the future generations, right. Of this world. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I always kind of do like a poll, like, has anybody heard of national treasure? And there's always maybe like one or two. And then of course, you know, sometimes there's classes where there's nobody, but like I said, it's been literally at this point, thousands of kids that I've taught, which is kind of scary to think about how uh, time flies here and how many kids have come <laughs> through my classroom. But yeah, and they, they've seen that now and they've been introduced to that. It's just a cool clip. I mean, who doesn't like that whole mm. aspect of the, the clues and the revealing yeah. and then they they get all amped up and then we get to go write our own secret spy messages. So I, I, I was I, I was for a moment when you were saying when you started talking about like teaching science i was like where is this going is like is, is this going to be a rock thing but i was like no that's totally debunked like that whole that 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 whole kind of compound that they create that basically looks like i don't know like dish or like yeah like uh fabric softener tablets or something don't they like, yeah, a like those ipads almost yeah, 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 yeah 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 <laughs> amazing pads. yeah it's funny so I've got to ask you a big question, a question that comes up a lot on this podcast, which is, is it Nick N-I-C or N-I-C-K? Well, you've got his name tattooed on you. Which is it? So, I mean, I'm a very literal, literal person and I just see the way he spells his name. And it just, to me, it's like you just take that first portion and to me it's N-I-C. I mean, I've seen both ways online, but it seems like N-I-C is what shows up the most. Yeah. What would you consider it to be, or what well, would you? I was a big NIC believer. I was I I I, I was big into that until uh, some point last year, or was it last year or the year before? Whenever it was, yeah, I, I emailed his manager and I'd spelt it NIC, and I got denied the interview, which was absolutely fine. I was <laughs> expecting nothing less, but the kind of the kicker to the email was. Uh, I, I kind of got scolded for the fact that it's like, oh, it's N-I-C-K. And um, a friend of mine, uh, I, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, uh, Zach Schonenfeld, um, a writer, is writing a book about Nicolas Cage. I think that's out there in the world. Sorry, Zach, if it isn't. But uh, he... Well, for him. He, yeah, he, he, he reached out to Nick Cage's manager as well to get some kind of clearer clarification on the spelling 
And he said, like, the, the misconception he thinks may have came from, like you can attest to with the way that he signs his name, is the kind of, the, the C and the K kind of, it's kind of, it's N-I is clear. The, the latter half is kind of like, he kind of goes just real quick with it. And it's like, is that like a little wiggle into a C or is that a C and a K? Like you can't, you can't really tell. And I think like, I think that's where he thinks the misconception comes from. And obviously the fact that he doesn't have the H right in Nicholas. He's just, yeah. dro- he's just, yeah, they've dropped the H. So a lot of people drop the K. Yeah. And I've, I think I've seen in the, the promo for Renfield, like when they did uh, the AMA on Reddit, it said like, uh, bring your questions for Nick Cage and Nick Holt. And it was both, they were both spelt of a K and like they were holding up a piece of paper. So it's like, surely if the man's in the room, he's gonna, he's gonna have said, Hey, drop that K. <laughs> like if, if it's yeah. not in there. So yeah. Well, I guess it's maybe part of the mystique, right? You yeah. could, I guess go both ways, but it seems like maybe, maybe the right answer is K. I don't know. <laughs> who's, the, who's the same? Maybe that's uh, it's that maybe it's kind of like a, multiverse thing where there is a there is another nick cage out there when it's just an ic well and 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 i think it is that thing it's it's good yeah i'm i'm really glad you brought up that kind of mystique thing because speaking to chris mckay just last night uh, when we're recording and we were saying about the fact that nick cage seems to be like the last of the old school hollywood stars and i think the fact that there is this mix mystique and the fact that we're even having this conversation about how is his name spelt when it's shortened yeah you don't get that about a lot lot of celebrities do you know what i mean it's kind of i don't know like you know what they had for breakfast every day or like do you mean you know what you know what the contours of their asshole looks like because it's up on their social media whereas like nicholas cage is that thing of like does he own a castle here? Does this happen? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's only so many things we know that are concrete fact. We know that in New Orleans, he's got a he's got a, he's got a mausoleum ready for the day he passes, and we know he's got this body of work. But and he lives in Vegas. So, do you know what I mean? There's a few other details we know, but like, he's he's very elusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and uh, well, it all gets back to that social media thing, and you know, he he's not to your point, posting every single thing that he does out there. So kind of adds to that mystique. It's like, is it C? Is it K? And then along with a lot of other things, you know, yeah. there, it's, it, it kind of adds to that. It, it makes you, it makes it more interesting. I think trying to to keep up with that and to think about what he's up to. And, you know, you were talking, I think it was before we started recording, but you're saying that you couldn't remember a time that you're not typing his name into Google or trying to learn more about him. And I think that makes it more interesting or more exciting when you don't know everything there is to know. So you want to continue to be a fan and continue to learn more and watch more. And I think it just adds to that, that cool factor that old, my brother and I um, call it like old school Hollywood, right? It's it's like the Nick Cage or it's the Jack Nicholson. It's that, that old school um, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So I've got to ask you, and obviously why, why, why people will be listening to this, is why, why the tattoo? Obviously, this is a film that, yeah, when, when, I imagine when you would have got it, the film, you wouldn't have seen the film. So, so why did yeah. you get this tattoo, Jason? So if you've seen um, 
my tattoos, you would know that a lot of them are just like really kind of off the wall. Uh Um, I don't have, I don't think really any quote unquote normal tattoo. Um, They're all just some really crazy stuff. A lot of deep cut stuff from movies or different uh, things that I enjoy. Um, And there's just some images. I don't know if I'm going to really even be able to explain this too well, but there's some images that I see that I just, it just clicks and they stay with me. And I'm kind of like, that's got to be a tattoo. I got to get this tattoo. And I, I think you have tattoos, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm co- yeah, I'm 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 covered in kind of like and like you, a lot of like I, I it's always that question, right? When people are like, oh, what does that tattoo mean? And I've got tattoos like oh, well, I've 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 got I got a tattoo that was a, a blind tattoo in the fact that like I didn't know what was going on until it was done. I was blindfolded and then I've now got a skull with a duck holding a scythe on top of that's it. awesome and it's like and, and i think i think you'll relate to this we have the same kind of approach with tattoos um and not that there's anything wrong with it but there's like there's the people that have to you know they go their whole life and they're like waiting for that perfect tattoo and it's got to mm-hmm. have all this meaning and there's like a clock and on the clock the hands are the dates when their kids yeah, were yeah, born yeah. and there's a rose and it's got so many petals and the petals represent the, it's like Sometimes a tattoo can just be a fun off the wall tattoo. Um, I got a quick story about an example of like some of the stuff I have. Um, My wife, when she was in um, fifth grade, so it's what, like 10 years old, she brought home her yearbook. And like a lot of kids, you flip to your photo and you're like, oh, this does not look good. So being a 10 year old, she thought the, the solution to that would be to erase her face from the yearbook and basically left a white square there. And after she got done erasing her photo, it kind of dawned on her that her mother who paid money for this book would be pretty pissed off that she just erased her photo. So she proceeds to go ahead and draw herself back in curly hair and all, of course, left off the glasses. Cause that's one of the things that she didn't like. And she, you know, for a 10 year old, not uh, too bad of a job, but you look at this thing and it's, it's hideous. It, you could tell it was drawn. <laughs> it's got a jack-o'-lantern nose and these teeth that look like almost Renfield teeth. And I seen that and I was like, holy shit, I have to get this photo tattooed. It's so ridiculous. I'm it's so hideous. It. it has such a good story. And that's the kind of tattoos I like. Like when you look down at that, someone might ask me like, Oh, did your son or daughter draw that? Like, nope, that's a self-portrait of my life. <laughs> I, so it, it, it's it's one of those things where like it's there's certain images like that where I'm like, I have to get that. Yeah. And so it was to answer your question, finally, um, it was one of the it was like the first photo, and you probably know which ones I'm talking <laughs> about, that they released for Renfield. He's got his red suit on. I don't know if he's coming out of like a makeup trailer Mm -hmm. or whatever. He's looking at his hands with the rings. And I seen that and I was like, that is amazing. I'm going to like add it to my mental list of tattoos to get. And I had no plans of getting it as quickly as I did. I thought, you know, there's 10 other things I'm interested in getting. Mm -hmm. I see my tattoo guy, you know, twice a year. Um, his name is Matt Mueller. I'll give him a quick plug. You're amazing. Uh, his last name is uh, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. He owns Seven Day Gallery. 
Um, it's in uh, Oak Forest, Illinois. Um, and so I see him, I don't know, twice a year, sometimes more. And so um, I, I just had a, a, an idea to get it later on. And I was looking online and somehow I came across, um, probably like you, just Googling Nicolas Cage, came across the lineup for Overlook. And they announced Renfield was going to premiere there. Um and that they would have this, you know, uh, live Q and A afterwards with him, and that it would be on my spring break. Um, so I had off the week. Usually, if there's somewhere I want to go or something I want to do, I have to like panic last minute and try to get, you know, the day off or whatever. And like everything was lining up. He's going to be there, and I actually have a couple other autograph tattoos. Like I met Stephen King, um, who's um, my favorite author. And I had him sign my arm on my forearm and I got that tattooed. Um, so I had, I have a few autograph tattoos already. And I just thought like, holy shit, would that be amazing to have a Renfield tattoo at the premiere of Renfield with Nicolas Cage and to get him to sign that would be amazing. So <laughs> I love it. this was all like, just weeks before we had to leave. So I, I'm thinking like, can this be done? I, you know, I immediately went up to, to see my tattoo guy. I told him the whole goal. He's like, I'll get you in. And you know, what tattoos, it's a process. Once you get them done, then they got to get wrapped up in the yep. bandage that comes af after a couple days. And then there's the, the shedding process and it doesn't look good for a while. And I'm like, <laughs> You know, I could have gone and tried to get the tattoo for, you know, with the autograph, with the signature. I could have tried to get that with no tattoo, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have been nearly as impactful of an experience without the Renfield tattoo there first. So to get in as quickly as I did, like I had um, learned that he was going to be at the Overlook, like at the beginning of the month. Mm -hmm. To get in quickly enough, to get the tattoo done, to let it go through the entire healing process to be ready to go for that event. It was like, you know, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And he got me in and it was, uh, it was like perfect timing. Cause I think it looked, it was like done with all that shedding. And it was just, it was, I think it looked amazing that night. So that's, that's amazing. I've got, I've got to go back to something you said about the, the tattoo you've got of your wife's self portrait, just cause I love, I love that story. And it instantly, as you were telling that story, all I could think about, was I'm not sure if you've ever seen the Mr. Bean movie when Oh, I love Mr. Bean. When I he love when he Whistler's erases mother. Whistler's, Whistler's mother. mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yes. I immediately yeah. thought of that and like I I realized in that moment that we 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 are we are weirdly kindred spirits because that's kind of been on my bucket list of tattoos is to get the the tattoo of that he draws of Whistler's mother, that face that he that's draws. It. Like and it's like yeah. I think we're, we're 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 cut from the same cloth in the fact that I, I, oh that's yeah, funny. I agree. <laughs> that, I, I, I agree. We we I I grew up with Mr. Bean. My brother and I, you know, watched the the show. I have the whole set on DVD. I'm aging myself here physically, <laughs> but I have that whole uh, the whole set. We've seen the movies at the show. Yeah, he is awesome, and that's exactly that. For, you know, for the 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 listeners, right, who can't see the Zoom call that we're doing, that is like a perfect description of this. It's that Whistler's mother painting. <laughs> that is, I couldn't have described it any better. So when was the exact date you, you, you got the tattoo? Obviously it would have been early, early March, right? Or yeah. Um, let me think here. 
Um, I'd have to go back for the exact date. Um, I don't, let me think, I'm going to look at my phone here. Um, It was, give me a second. It was, it had to have been like that first full week in March. Amazing. I want to say, I want to say March 8th. In fact, that number sounded good to me. I'm going to go with March 8th. Yeah, because it wasn't that first little turd of a week. <laughs> it was that first full week that he had gotten me in. And uh, it's pretty crazy, too, because he's uh, he gets a lot of clientele from, like, all over the world that come to see him. And, you know, if you were just to walk in and ask, like, hey, Matt, can you get me in for something? He'll tell you, you know, like, if you were to walk in today, he'll tell you, like, I'm booked to, like, you know, January, February uh-huh. and beyond. And for me to be able to walk in, he's like, yeah, I'll get you in. And so <laughs> it's, it's great to have that in, but that's when it was. And it was like just enough time for it to go through the whole healing process and just be ready to, to rock and roll. So that was awesome. Well, do you think without the tattoo, you would have got invited on stage? That wouldn't have happened, right? If you just kind of like some, some guy yeah. screaming in the audience. <laughs> Yeah, some some weirdo asking him to sign his his body part. Um, no, I don't think so. And like I said, I think could I have gone and like tried to quickly be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna get a tattoo here, but can you sign below here? I don't. I mean, maybe he would have signed it. I'm assuming he would have because I asked, but because he's a nice guy. But um, I don't think obviously it would have been nearly as impactful. And I do not think I would have been invited on stage. <laughs> no, there was a guy I. You know, I don't know if you've seen the video of it happening because I there's a few things kind of floating around out there posted on YouTube of the mm-hmm. entire Q&A. But there was a guy who actually yells out in the crowd, let's see the tattoo. And that's what kind of prompted Amazing. Nick to say, like, come on up. So I think without it, I would have definitely not gotten on stage. No. Amazing. Was there a like uh, added kind of anticipation and. I don't know, a fear for the film to be good, like seeing as you had the tattoo, where you just kind of like, well, it's nope. a, either way, it's an <laughs> iconic image, right, of Nicolas Cage as Dracula. That's it, exactly, yeah. There was, uh, it was never about, I mean, the movie, by the way, does not suck. I think it was fantastic. It's great, yeah, yeah. Um, so, have you seen it yet? Yeah, 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 I saw, I saw yeah. it this Tuesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, so you know, it does not suck. Um, but for me, it was never never about that. It's It was just that image of him as Dracula, where no matter how the movie turned out, I just, it was something about him. I mean, you know, you see all these posts and stuff on uh, like reviews of the movie and it'll say, um, you know, it was the role he was born to play. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I completely agree with that. And it's like something when I seen that image was like, this just makes sense to me. Yes. Him, Dracula, it was just perfect. And uh, I'm a big horror fan. Um, so anything spooky or scary is right up my alley. So it just merges two things that I love all into one tattoo. Yeah. Where it didn't even, I didn't even need to see the movie to know that like, this is going to be a tattoo that I want. Well, I think if if somebody had, if if you had shown me that tattoo like five ten years ago, I would have just gone. This is such a great mashup tattoo. Do you know what I mean? Kind of nicking elements of Bella Lugosi and Nicolas Cage, and it would be like back then you would have gone. Ah, oh, this is a great way to commemorate Vampire's Kiss, or just kind of the even that online meme that Nicolas Cage is a vampire. Have you ever seen that? Like, there's a photo yeah, from like the 1800s. School, yeah, yeah. Like that old school photo, and he's got like a mustache. I think, yeah. 
yeah. So, so it just kind of, it kind of, I don't know. It's a timeless idea, and yeah, I guess, I guess it's kind of like the shoulders can can drop now that, like you said, the film doesn't suck. So, yeah. How was how was the 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 trip to Overlook? Was it was it essentially was this the kind of um, national treasure style adventure for this <laughs> moment to try and to try and meet Nicolas Cage, or was it? Where 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 would you have gone anyway, or was it just kind of like we've got to do this? This is like the the mad cap well, idea. Well, it didn't start off that way, but it actually ended up being just that, like that whole quest. Um, and that whole journey um, to get this one thing. Um, I had mentioned like the Stephen King tattoo and I've got some others, like I have Tim Curry on my um, my leg tattooed under a, a Pennywise. Um, and that was another difficult one to get because um, he had a stroke, mm-hmm. as you probably know, some time back and doesn't sign anything in, in person. So that was a journey to get that one. Um, and like for the Stephen King one, I went all the way to um, a convention it was more of like a festival that they had in Minneapolis. So that was a, I'm, we're from Chicago. So just to kind of give you perspective uh-huh. and all of these places we either had to fly to or drive to. Um, and so for the overlook, we drove to new Orleans, which is like a 13 going on 14 hour drive, which is a lot of driving. Uh, but uh, my wife and I just make a, wherever we go, we just kind of make an adventure out of it. So I mean, you know, we would we would uh, stop and, and do some tent camping at KOAs and state parks. Um, you know, we've seen the St. Louis Arch. We stopped at uh, Johnny Cash's boyhood home. We went to, um, and this is all on the same trip, all on my spring break. So it was <laughs> a, lot, a lot over a couple of days. We went to Elvis's house, you know, Graceland and seen the meditation garden in his grave. We had um, barbecue in Memphis. We walked around um, New Orleans and seen Bourbon Street and had, um, you know, lunch there and beignets. And, you know, we did the, we did everything that we could there and back. We even had time to visit her aunt, which leave, uh, she lives about two and a half hours away. So she got a chance to see family. Like we packed everything that we could. And she's always the one, like when we set out to do some of this stuff, she's always the one that is the one that's nervous. She's like, if you don't get it, you know, you're going to be so disappointed or it's going to ruin the trip. And I always have to tell her like, you know, it's about the experience. Like, I just want to be there. I want to see the film. He's going to be there. We should just count ourselves lucky. And if this happens, great. It's just, you know, it's going to be just a a cherry on, on top, but you know, it obviously is great that it worked out and you know, it was, it was a it was a long drive. It didn't feel like a long drive, especially on the way back because I was on cloud nine still. <laughs> so I drove most of the way, and it was just like it was it was it was a, a a quest. And when we got there, like it just started to build and build and build because we were hours early, and so we kind of became friends um, with some of the people in line and. Like they knew what we were going for. And so like they were, you know, already talking like what we could possibly do when we get in there and maybe we all raise our hand and, you know, see if the microphone can make its way over to me. Like we were trying to figure out everything possible to do. And so when it finally happened, it was like, yes, you reached that pinnacle. But it was, you know, like I said, with the Stephen King thing or other things, you go out there hoping it happens, but if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Um, and it was the same thing for this 
but it just kept building and building and building. And then when everybody in line was almost involved, it, it, it did, it became this quest at some point. So for, for those who haven't seen the kind of foot, the, the longer footage or just in the photo, you mentioned about everyone getting involved in this, which is kind of great. That is kind of fandom for me, right? It's kind of not everyone looking after themselves. It's like, this person's got this quest. Let's make it happen. Can you tell us like the details of, how it came to be that you ended up on that stage like kind of i, I want the play-by-play -play, jason play-by-play <laughs> -play. uh so it, it started we um that thursday um that morning really early we went to pick up it was a 10 a.m pickup for we ordered a, a they called it a vip pass um and what it was it was 250 bucks so it was not cheap um and what that was it was a pass that gave you um, not guaranteed entrance, but like a priority entrance for all the films in the festival. Amazing. And so I bought one of those, but, you know, I didn't want to buy another one for my wife because, you know, now you're looking at $500 plus just to get into one event. That's the only event that we wanted to go to was the Renfield premiere. So we went to pick up my, my pass. And while we're waiting in line, um, one of the the gentlemen that was running it actually comes over and introduces himself as the art director. And so I kind of made like a note of that, like if he's still around before we leave, let me go talk to this guy, introduce myself, show him the tattoo, show him, you know, like what the goal is. So we got the pass. I go pull him aside. I go through everything, show him the tattoo, tell him where we came from, like tell him, you know, what I was hoping to do. Um, and he says, oh, that's interesting because I'm actually going to be the one running the Q&A. So here I am in my mind thinking, this is perfect. Like he sees me, I've got my my massive talent t-shirt on, you know, it's, it's the one that's got like the colored um, yeah. squares on it with his photo. I'm like, you can't miss this shirt. You know, um, I'm going to I told him, I'm like, I'll be front row. I'm going to get, I'm going to pretty much leave from here. I'm like, you'll see me. And I just asked him, I'm like, if, if I get there and I'm front row, like, and I raise my hand, can you just call on me? Can you just, can you do me that? <laughs> can you do me that favor? I just need the opportunity to ask. And I told him like, I know I, you can't control what Nick is going to say, but like, I just want that opportunity. And just almost immediately I could just tell like he was completely turned off by the idea uh -huh. and he was like giving me all this well it's gonna be dark in there and i don't know if i'm gonna see you and he was like super hesitant and i was like really dude like i'm not asking you to i don't i don't even know just all you gotta do is just call on me like i'll be there there's no way you're gonna miss me and i even told him like i got this sign that you know is asking nick to sign my leg like I'm like, you're not going to miss me. And he, you know, he's, he, he was going into, I can't make any guarantees. So I didn't want to argue with the guy. He's running the Q and A. I didn't want to piss him off. So I just basically left it with like, well, I appreciate your time. It would mean the world if you just called on me. Um, I hope you do, but anyways, good luck with the festival. Um, I can't wait to, to see the Q and A in the movie. I'll see you tonight. So we left on okay terms. Um, at least I thought, <laughs> And so we walked around uh, New Orleans. We got, uh, um, you know, lunch and the beignets and everything else that you should do while you're down there. And then that was maybe about 1230. And I said, you know what, let's just go to the theater because that's at a separate location. It was like a 10, 15 minute drive, I think it was. 
and we pull up and we were like actually um, second in line at that point. So six plus hours early for the event and there was somebody already there. And so we kind of hung out in the car. um, And then as I seen somebody else get in line, I'm like, I'm just going to go get in line, you know, just to make sure we don't get any further back. So technically we were second in line after these, this first couple, but we had somebody else line up in the meantime. And so anyways, so we're standing in line and we're meeting all these really nice people, tell them what we're going for and what we wanted to do. Um, And then hours later, um, you know, Nick pulls up, he gets out of the, the limo and they're taking photos of them. They had this little red carpet area and they let us in. So by this time we knew, um, I kid you not, everybody in that front row we had made friends with. So we <laughs> all went in, we were all the front row and um, uh, there was only two seats left to my left. And um, we had met and I'm going to share their names because I they gave me the okay. Um, it was Angela and Natalie, and they um, have a review um, that they do of, you know, films and stuff. They have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, and YouTube. Amazing. And their station is called Blondtourage. It's B-L-O-N-D-E, and then the word tour, so Blondtourage um, Reviews. Amazing. And so um, they they were the ones that sat down next to us, and we were, we were chatting with them for a while. They... They learned our um, our whole quest as well, and um, we were just kind of chit chatting. And and behind us, actually, um, I don't think I mentioned this to anybody else, but was Jan from the Office. I don't know if uh, <laughs> watched the Office at all. She was there. Um, yeah, the American version of the Office. Of um, so she 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 was there too, and and the ladies were excited about that because it was their one of their favorite shows. And so they were in on it. And at that point, that completed the row. We knew everybody there. We were all on the same page. And so I'm sitting there um, with my sign. It's folded up to not obstruct anybody's view. I've got my Sharpie. Time's ticking down. Seven o'clock hits. The art director um, came out and kind of introduced everybody. Um, There was a small little walkway where we were seated between Uh us and the stage and just enough for the talent to walk by. And you could just reach out and touch them if you wanted to. That's how close they were when they had to walk by. And um, so we're waiting for um, him to kind of go through his whole um, introduction. And in the meantime, the security guard comes over just to me, nobody else. And he kind of leans in and pulls me close and said, do me a favor. Do not ask him to sign anything before the event during the event or after the event. (laughs) And so I just kind of sat back and like, I'm like, okay, whatever to the guy, he walks off. But I mean, I can't prove it obviously, but that um, art director had to have said something, (laughs) had to have pointed me out and probably just said something along the lines, like this guy's going to ask him to sign something. Can you just tell him no so I don't have to look like the bad guy? I don't know what the deal was, but he had to have tipped him off because I was just sitting there. And for him to come up to me and only me and say that was like, okay, whatever. So he so he introduces everybody. They all file out. They walk right past us. I didn't do anything. I didn't ask him for an autograph. I didn't even open my sign. And uh, they walk up onto these little steps, they go up onto the stage, and um, they basically come out and uh, say, you know, hopefully everybody enjoys the show kind of thing. We'll see you after for your Q&A. So he comes back down, goes right in front of us again, goes out the side door. Um, 
which was a bit of a bummer because I was going to just ask him the first time I seen him. And um, we watched the movie and it's uh, fantastic, as we talked about. And then the credits are starting to roll. Now my heart's beating. It's going fast. I'm like, <laughs> he's going to get one more chance at this. He's going to have to walk past me again. I'm just going to have to go for it. So same guy comes out, the art director starts introducing everybody. The side doors open and um, I could see him kind of waiting back there to come out. And as soon as he steps out, the first little section that he passes is a handicap section. And there is a gentleman who opens up a sign and he stops for him. And I think he signed like a DVD or something else for him. And I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, if he can do it, I'm doing, I'm going mm -hmm. for it. And so he's getting closer to us, closer to us. I start angling my body to block a little bit of the, the walkway to make sure he sees us and, and, and stops. And in the meantime, out of my peripheral vision, I see the security guard coming and you can see him in the video, make him all the way over to me and start to almost grab for the sign. And then Nick sees it and stops and, you know, he starts, he goes, oh, wow, is that real? He goes, that's incredible. And, and that was it. I thought that was, I mean, it was like mission accomplished. Everybody was so excited. The, uh -huh. the Blonde Tourage reviews got it all on camera and that was it. It was like, holy shit, I could sit back. We did it. Like, I thought that was it. I thought that was everything that was going to happen. And that would have been more than enough for me, but it wasn't. I, I was sitting there. We were right in front of him the entire time. The seats that we picked happened to be directly where they positioned Nick's chair. So he was right above us. And it was not dark in the auditorium, unlike the art director said. You could see clear as day. And so I had my leg of my shorts pulled up to make sure that the, the Sharpie was untouched. And the entire time that he was up there, he kept looking down at the tattoo, kept looking down at the tattoo. Um, and so I, I figured he was really impressed with it. Somebody had asked a question about like who would win in a fight, um, yeah. uh, Ghost Rider or uh, Dracula. <laughs> and so he kind of gives his answer. And then at the end says something like, you know, every, anytime that I answer a comic book question, it goes viral. Um, <laughs> and then immediately changes the subject and goes, by the way, there's a man up front here who has the new version of Dracula tattooed on his leg and the details on it are superb. And then from there, luckily, someone yells out in the crowd, let's see it. So it, one thing led to another. And then the next thing I know, I'm walking past that security guard past that art director who wanted nothing <laughs> to do with me stand right next to Nick and for him to, to compliment the tattoo high praise and um, to, to compliment that tattoo and, and to ask where I got it done. Amazing. And then I, I, of course, my mind is like in a totally different place at this point. I'm like floating on cloud nine and I'm, I'm glad I did, but I thought last minute, like, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to ask him for a yeah. selfie. And so I did, he's, you know, on stage in front of a sold out premiere. Um, I'm getting the selfie with Nick Cage and then um, Universal Studios was over. So they ran over and their photographers are taking photos and they posted it on the Renfield page, which was amazing. And um, I, I walked down the stairs to go back to my seat and they came over and they took my name and they're taking photos of my leg right in front of that security guard oh, the whole time. And so the last thing I did before I went to my seat is I, I, I took a look at him in the face and I said, I know you told me not to ask, but I had to go for it. And he kind of smirked and did like <laughs> a, 
a, a shoulder shrug, like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. So that was it. And that was, that was incredible. And it was that one opportunity because after that, they escorted everybody off. Nice. Nick went out the other door and then just left. And that was, that was it. I know sometimes, you know, after events, um, I think it was the the festival or, you know, um, I think it had like a lifetime achievement award or something recently. Uh-huh. And he stayed and signed, I seen him sign some posters yeah, for, yeah. for Mandy and stuff. And I thought in the back of my mind, you know, if the Q and A didn't work out, maybe I can get him to sign something afterwards, but it was that one shot. And that was it. That would have been, if I didn't go for it at that point, it wouldn't have happened. That's perfect. I, I guess I don't think the guy would have called on me and <laughs> that security guard was doing everything that they wanted, you know, in their power to stop me. So it was like that one shot. I love it. I love it. It's such a, yeah, it's such a triumph of will story. I, I, I love that play by play. And I guess once you're on stage as well, right, you've kind of, you've got carte blanche to just ask that question. If you, if you've kind of been, if you, yeah, if you've been invited up by by the man in question, it's kind of like, hey, how did you feel? Did you feel like you must must have felt in touch, untouchable, right? In the fact that like you're almost being beckoned to the stage by Nicolas Cage, like get up it. It, it really did. It's like you're you're in the presence of greatness up there, <laughs> and you know all of these other things that I've talked about, like the Stephen King thing, um, that happened you know, and I just lived the moment, but this was something totally surreal because unlike those other events, we had so many other people taking photos and videos that I'm now able to just go back and relive all that. Like we're going to watch the Q and a finally, um, tonight. And I, other than like two questions, I couldn't tell you what was (laughs) talked about because my mind was just swimming, but it, it is, it was a surreal time and being up there was just like, and I wasn't nervous. I, it yeah. was just, it was so strange. I wasn't nervous. It just felt organic and natural. And I was like, holy shit, I'm doing this. Yeah. And it was like, screw the security guard, screw this guy who didn't want to call on me. It's like, I'm up here. And, and it was awesome. Like, I, I guess your experience kind of fuels into the myth, mythos of Nicolas Cage, right? These kind of like these stories we hear every so often of like these kind of I don't know, weird and wonderful things he does. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it just, it just adds, adds to it of like, yeah, you can imagine like in a couple of years, like people going, oh yeah, remember that time he just invited that guy up with a tattoo on his leg up on stage? Or, do you know what I mean? Almost like the same way that we hear these stories of like Bill Murray just turning up to parties or kind of like putting his hands over someone's eyes and saying like, you wouldn't believe me. Like Cage kind of has that. He has this like, thing of of doing stuff like like we mentioned either um off mic or on mic like about him turning up to a Nicolas Cage like film festival and kind of doing an Edgar Allan Poe reading it's like Alamo Draft House yeah Yeah, and it just it feeds into it and it makes you I think a bigger fan and it's cool because you know, as crazy as a fan as you may be of him he seems to enjoy it just as much as you do. Yeah. Like he was, I mean, he was in awe of that tattoo. He like really seemed to enjoy it. He wanted to know more about it. He wanted to know who did it, where we got it done. So he just even seems to, I mean, he called it a a, a work of art, I think was his exact words, but it's just, I mean, he feeds into that. And I've met, I mean, over the years, a lot of different celebrities and famous authors and musicians and actors and stuff. 
and you never know who you're going to meet as far as like mm-hmm. their personality. Are they going to be dicks or are they going to be cool or are they just going to just kind of like go through the motions? And it was great that, you know, he was just so enthused about it. And it, it was just kind of like a natural thing. Like, yeah, come up on stage where, you know, any other actor, you know, may not have even signed my leg to begin with. And he took it a step further and, and it was just, it was awesome. Amazing. Absolutely awesome. This story really heartens me and I imagine it will, 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 will the listeners of this podcast as well. Um, yeah. As, as we start to like close things off, like I just wanted to get into like, yeah, how has, how has the, the, the feelings we've got into it slightly with like how it's been since like, and you've said like, you're not on social media. So have you been able to like filter out all the, all like any of the negativity that may be around this? Cause I imagine there are, like unfortunately there will be people who will go what the fuck is this guy doing do you know what I mean he's got a tattoo of a guy like a, of a film that he hasn't even seen but as obviously as you listen to this conversation you know your sensibility your sense of humor is like i get i i get it do you know what I mean like like we've kind of said but like yeah how has it been in both ways or have you just been on cloud nine the whole time Cloud nine the whole time. Um, I, I refuse to get down. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as like the the negativity aspect of it, I mean, knock on wood so far. Um, and, and that probably just goes along with the the fandom, I guess. It's been just really supportive. I mean, there was a couple posts, I think, that you eventually seen yeah. that led you to reach out to us or to me specifically. Um, you know, it, it's all been like really positive things. Like the first one that I seen, the guy was mentioning that Nick called somebody up on stage because of the tattoo on my leg and that they're still good in the world. So yeah. it's just funny. It's funny comments like that. And it just, it seems like just, it, it goes with that fandom. They're just like accepting of it. And it's just, it's just, it's just cool that they, they're, that they're like that. And, and so far I haven't had any negativity and good. to be honest, you i can give a shit less if yeah, anybody does that's, like that's, that's because great. because i love it so well, that's great to hear and, and has it managed to like permeate your personal life in that way of like people that you know personally whether it, uh, like I'm, I'm not sure if you've gone back to work but of like people kind of in the in the faculty room kind of been like i saw something on twitter was that was that you jason is, 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 have you had any of those kind of interactions or have you kind of just been shouting it out anyway <laughs> Um, a little bit. Um, I kind of keep to myself at work a little bit. Um, I I just, I go and I do my job to the best of my ability and then I kind of go home. But, um, there's a, there's a couple of people that I work with, um, that I'll share things with now and again, and and they, they've kind of learned that unless they ask, I'm really not going to (laughs) share. So they're always telling me, cause they know like, you know, on break, um, that we're, my wife and I are going to go somewhere. We're going to do something. So they're always like, send pictures, send pictures, send pictures. And so, you know, as I'm getting these videos the night of, of everything that happened, I just, I opened up a, a, a text chain to the, the two other science teachers. And with no context, I just send them the video of him signing my leg and then me going up in that whole portion of the Q&A. And it was just message after message of, holy shit, where are you at? What is this? How did this happen? Um, you know, this is unreal. And it, it, it's, it's been crazy to, to share that with them. And 
Um, my wife, you know, shares uh, her adventures at work that we, you know, with her coworkers too. And they've, again, it's like a lot of people are kind of like, holy crap, how did this happen? And, and we're still asking ourselves that. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, I've told a couple of people at work and, and they still, they still can't believe it. Um, the one, the one, um, that I shared it with, again, I'm not going to mention any names for these people, but, um, her brother actually was, um, filled in for her for maternity leave. Um, and so I had worked with him and as soon as she seen that video, she's like, she asked her brother to come over and watch it. And he was in disbelief and he goes, you know what? I have to give it to Jason. He knows what he likes and he just goes. (laughs) So that was, uh, that was kind of their response at work. But other than that, it's like, you know, I I talked to like three people at work, um, you know, and, and, and I shared it with them just because they asked me to. Um, so they're, they're now, now when we were going, we're on another kind of a shorter break, we had our, our spring break and we're a public school, so they don't really acknowledge any of the religious holidays. But for Easter, we we get a couple days off here. They don't call it Easter break. But I'm walking out the door and now they're like, Are you going anywhere? What are you doing? Send us pictures. <laughs> I'm like, Well, I'm 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 recording a podcast this weekend, I think. And they're like, Oh my God. So they're they want to, you know, listen to it when when everything is done amazing well it's been so yeah it's been so heartening to hear your story jason and that that yeah you you've you haven't you haven't managed to to feel the jaded side of of social media one by staying off it and two that uh that this has kind of i don't know captivated people in a kind of positive way and like i'm so glad that i could be a part of this and kind of i i feel like i'm kind of like vicariously on cloud nine just kind of hearing this as i said like national treasure style story of how you kind of had this idea and you made it happen and it's kind of that that, that as i said you're you're a man after my own heart so as, as it's like a secondhand uh cloud nine there exactly exactly yeah was it like the <laughs> like the passive smoking of cloud nine um so yeah, as I like to end all of these conversations, especially speaking to fellow Nicolas Cage fans, is I've just got one simple question for you: is what is your favorite Nicolas Cage film? Uh, oof, it's changed over the years. Um, like we talked about, you know, he's kind of always been there, and it's you know it, it changes over the years. I could tell you my wife's. Um, it's Con Air um so (laughs) love it so that's hers and i really i I have to say for now i mean it it might change in the future um i'm gonna go with renfield Um, i'm gonna go with renfield you've got to say that though right (laughs) well you know what uh experience aside um as i mentioned i'm a big horror fan so it just merges two things that i love And so I'm going to go with Renfield for now. I think it was the role that he was meant to play. Mm -hmm. And even though it was a small part of the movie, it didn't seem like he was, you know, second fiddle to anybody, but I'm going to go with Renfield for now. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming and getting caged in with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And um, we talked about your close call with, uh, almost getting uh, Nick on the show yourself. So I wish you the best of luck with that and keep at it because it'll, it'll happen.
And there we have it, guys. That was Jason Zenowick. What a lovely, fascinating guy. I'm sure you will agree. I had an absolute blast chatting with Jason. It's, it's kind of... Oh, I was kind of like vibrating after that conversation because I was like, this is kind of what the podcast should be as much as this kind of speaking to actors and speaking to directors and stuff like that. It's the fans as well that make this so, so important. It's almost like the films don't exist without the fans, right, in a weird way. So to be able to speak to Jason, somebody who, yeah, like we say in this conversation, like uh, a man after my own heart in many ways, kind of has that same mentality with tattoos, kind of has this kind of carefree, devil-may-care attitude. And I, I got a lot of time for that. And this tenacity as well. Anytime I kind of talk to people about all of the opportunities I tried to get with this podcast. Uh, one of the words that always gets thrown at me is, you're very tenacious, Petros. And I'm like, well, well, thank you. Like, <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, but yeah, to, 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 hear, to hear Jason's story of how he kind of had this idea and went for it, it's like, I, I can relate to that. And I'm sure many of us can. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. And if, if you did, please do reach out to, to to me on socials as we said like jason's not on online so reach out to me and um if you're i don't know moved or you, you found you found jason's story interesting i'm sure he'd love to hear it so so send them over to me so that's at, on all the socials at caged in pod on twitter instagram facebook letterbox and tiktok or drop me an email which is caged in pod at gmail.com Com. As for next week on the pod, we'll be going to a galaxy far, far away as we look at Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, where I'll be joined by not one, but two fantastic guests. The first of which being Larry Reed with his first time on the podcast. Um, he's the host of the fantastic Your Move Creep podcast and sometimes the road to nowhere podcast so yeah larry will be joining us to get fully copla connected up and the returning guest for that episode is russell bailey from the also fantastic not just for kids podcast so yeah be sure to check out both of those podcasts and come back next week as we will be talking star wars episode one the phantom menace and the tiny roles that sophia and roman coppola have in those films it's just next week. check check the calendar for next week and see why we're releasing this episode okay if you haven't already please be sure to head on over to youtube and check out our youtube page so it's caged in pod on uh youtube you can find it there and there'll be a link in the show notes as well. Uh, I'm starting to gear up with some stuff. You can watch right now my interview with Nicholas Holt. And I'll be, in the coming future, I'll be releasing videos. More videos. More videos. Not just podcasts, like stuff that is kind of adjacent to the podcast, but stuff I can't really do in the audio format or just kind of video essay type stuff or news-related stuff that doesn't really warrant a full episode and it's more just me addressing to camera. So, yeah, be sure to check out that as well. So if you've enjoyed this episode, guys, or any other episode of the podcast, please do feel free to support the podcast over on patreon.com forward slash caged in pod 
where for as little as one pound a month you can get uh, bonus material and episodes and fun stuff that will um yeah that will help keep the lights on here over at caged in towers as for something tangible you can get with your money if you want to part for not just kind of i don't know me talking not that guess this is tangible my time is tangible in a weird way in a kind of christopher nolan-esque way my time is tangible there is something that exists there's a digital ether if they're selling nfts god damn it my time these podcasts are tangible in some weird roundabout way but if you want something physical that you can touch you can hold you can have you can keep you can drape upon your body you can do so by heading over to tpublic.com forward slash user dash caged in pod it's really thing that it'll be in the show notes what, what that is or you can head on over to cagedinpod.etsy.com where you can get some of our fantastic uh, t-shirts designed by the amazing tim sinclair there's five different designs over on t public and two currently on the etsy store as i always say if you're in the us go for t public if you're in the uk go for the etsy it just works out that shipping is better for you and that's what i want to do i want to make it as cheap and great and affordable as it can be for you guys um yeah great quality so get on over and get one of those or if you'd like to support the podcast but don't want to give us any money which is absolutely fine you can head on over to apple podcast spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now and if they have any system where you can rate and review please do so a nice kind of brand spanking five or whatever system they have give us the top one and in your review please do let me know what bill murray says to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation and i'll read them out on the goddamn podcast so guys i've been petrus patsilvus i've been caged in you've been amazing and i'll catch you next time This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.